Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, September 15th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Misinformation may have met its match with Gen Z. Plus, the NRA's dwindling political influence. But first, the politicization of evacuation orders is today's one big thing. We know our media diets can have an influence on who and what we trust. But now that even includes evacuation orders before a natural disaster, whether we're talking about a hurricane or a wildfire. That's what researchers at UCLA found in a study that looked at evacuation patterns of Floridians before Hurricane Irma in 2017. They found that people who were in Trump-heavy precincts were between 10 and 11 percent less likely to evacuate than those who were in Clinton precincts. Brian Walsh writes the Axios Future newsletter, and he's been looking into why people choose to not trust these evacuation orders. They trace that back to messages coming from partisan media, people like Rush Limbaugh, who said that it was essentially something that was being hyped to make that connection between hurricanes and climate change. It says a lot if the fact that Hurricane Irma, which is the most expensive hurricane at this point to have ever hit Florida, which killed 123 people, if that was not strong enough to overcome the messages coming from the media, that's concerning in terms of how powerful those are. And Brian, we're talking about this as we are facing another hurricane on the Gulf Coast. Was there concern among the people who did this study that this could happen again? There's definitely concern this is going to happen again. This isn't really a climate change issue. This is a an issue of personal safety. You have to believe those messages to begin to actually heed them. And if you just disregard the messenger, that's tough to overcome. Are we also seeing this with the wildfires that are happening on the West Coast? I mean, there are people in Oregon reportedly who have said, no, they're not going to leave, in part because they're hearing messages from the QAnon conspiracy that the fires are actually being set by Antifa activists. That is not the case. And in fact, you hear from the Weather Service, this is a matter of life and death. And yet some people, they will not believe the evidence in front of their eyes, even when it's something as active as a wildfire that is burning through record amounts of the U.S. West right now. What do you take away from all of this, Brian? This makes me really worried. If you're talking about something as obvious as, say, a pandemic, and you're just saying, no, this isn't real, when almost 200,000 Americans have died, millions have been infected by this disease, or you look at something like a wildfire that literally is blanketing major cities on the West Coast in just ungodly amounts of smoke. I always thought, I suppose, that, you know, the waters were coming to your your doorstep when the fires are coming to your doorstep, when a virus is in your community, that would be enough to push through politics. And yet, that doesn't seem to be the case. These political feelings, these political beliefs are very powerful. They are supported in some part by partisan media. They're supported by, you know, social media that allows for the spreading of things like QAnon. And beating that is really tough. And that's really one of the things about this year, this very difficult year, that personally worries me the most. Brian Walsh is Axios' future correspondent. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how little the NRA is spending on this year's election. Welcome back to Axios Today. The NRA is known for wielding a considerable amount of political influence. And so they're big spenders, especially when it comes to presidential campaigns. 
They spent $54.4 million in 2016. Sarah Fisher is our media reporter, and she's been tracking an unusually low amount of spending from the NRA this year. If you're looking at overall political expenditures, they spent $9.2 million so far for 2020. When it comes to advertising in particular, the NRA has spent about a fifth on TV ads this year compared to what it did in 2016. And what's the NRA's financial position right now? Its financial position is not good. They are facing a bunch of legal battles with attorneys generals that want to sue the group. They have had a lot of problems with internal infighting and budgeting over executives that are overspending. You know, they've had to do a lot of layoffs, Nyla. It's not been a pretty scene for their finances. So what do you think the spending says about the NRA's political influence or clout? Traditionally, you've had a lot of members of Congress, particularly Republicans, that have relied on support from the NRA to win their races. If you're not going to be getting that same level of financial support, you can assume that Republicans aren't going to feel as indebted to the NRA like they need to be supporting its policies. Sarah Fisher covers media for Axios. We've been talking a lot about misinformation and disinformation in 2020, but we actually have some good news on that front, and it has to do with Gen Z. Steph Kite is Axios' data and trends reporter. Can you just remind us what age is the Gen Z? So Gen Zers are those who were born in 1997 to 2012, at least according to Pew Research. So those are kids who are in college and high school right now. And so this is a generation that has grown up with social media. How has that given them more nuance about how to approach things online? It's really interesting because Gen Z is really the first generation to turn to social media for news and information for their entire lives. They deeply understand how these platforms operate. They often intentionally like or share certain content with the hopes of tricking the algorithm to give them more of that content. And because they understand how information is shared, they're also less likely to fall for misinformation. They get that it's really easy to spread information that sounds right, but might not actually be true. And so we actually could see an example of this with the TikTok users and the Trump Tulsa rally. Exactly. That was one of those examples of Gen Z not just understanding how information gets spread, but actually using that information that they have to kind of advance their own values and priorities. So TikTokers and K-pop fans in particular use it to really push this campaign to get people to reserve tickets for Trump's Tulsa rally, but then never attend. So what can those of us who are not Gen Z learn from them? One of the things that older generations can really learn is to understand that sometimes misinformation is just information that comes from a certain bias or angle. That misinformation isn't always something really nefarious and scary. And that's a nuance that Gen Z just naturally understands. And the more older generations can bring that nuance to what they read and see online, I think the better off we will be. And what do you feel like you want people to take away from this study? I think one thing that's important to note is that even though there is hope for Generation Z maybe understanding fake news and understanding misinformation better, that doesn't mean it's just going to go away with the next generation. When I was talking to experts, a lot of them stressed that they actually expect there to be more misinformation and more of this kind of agenda-driven communication online, but they expect that it just won't have as much power. It might not have as much impact as it does on the older generations because Gen Z will just be used to it. Steph Kite is a data and trends reporter for Axios. Before we leave today... Dave Grohl, I challenge you to a drum-off. 
That's 10-year-old Nandy Bushell, who challenged the Foo Fighters singer to a drum battle last month. And he accepted. This is my response to your challenge. So now the ball is in your court. She said it was her dream to jam with him, and her wish came true when she matched him beat for beat, and she won. So in response, Dave Grohl composed an epic theme song and challenged her to round two. She got the power, got the screen, everybody knows Nandy's a That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm.